0: It's Sunday morning. Time for The Great Outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com
1: on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to The Great Outdoors show and happy Father's Day to all you fathers in America. It's our day. Hope you enjoy it. And I hope you enjoy it with your kids or grandkids. And that you can do it on the water, fishing or sailing or taking a hike or riding a bike. It's a great day to get outside in the Midwest, and it looks like it's going to be a great morning in the Chicago area. So happy Father's Day to everyone. It's a day that I, I guess I always look forward to because it means I'm going to put a fishing line on the water with one of my kids. Um, and that's something I look forward to doing later today. Uh I want to talk this morning, starting off, about a program or an organization that is arguably the most important organization to the management of our natural resources in America. And as WGN Radio is the single largest listened to radio station for agriculture across America, across the heartland. WGN and agriculture have been synonymous Orion Samuelson-Mex, Armstrong, and, of course, the Great Outdoor Show, for many years bringing matters of importance to conservation and agriculture. This morning, I want to talk about the Natural Resource Conservation Service, NRCS, an acronym that I would imagine if you're not sitting at your farm table this morning and listening to this show, it's probably one that, or in your tractor, you, you probably haven't heard of it. But I'm here to tell everyone that the NRCS is the cornerstone of how we can deliver voluntary good stewardship of our lands through agriculture that will make a difference for America. And NRCS used to be called, I think it was the Soil and Water Conservation uh, Service at one point, but it's now the Natural Resource Conservation Service. It's born out of the Dust Bowls when agriculture and farming interests across the nation were, were going broke. And we had terrible dust storms, is what's known as the dirty 30s. And we came to realize that if we didn't manage our soil health, we wouldn't have soils. And we've all seen pictures of the dust blowing across Kansas and literally just burying houses, simple wooden structures went completely under under dirt. And that dirt was blowing across and all across the Great Plains in the Midwest from soil practices that were not sustainable, and which led to, in large part, the creation of the Dust Bowl. Yes, we had a drought. Certainly, that made things difficult, but it was farming practices in an era when we didn't understand what it took to keep soil health in the on the on the landscape that led to the creation of the Natural Resource Conservation Service. And today, NRCS is simply the place to go if you wanna find out about what you can do to help make our rivers flow clearer, our soil stay intact, our air be better. And it's an entity that really outside of agricultural production, nobody knows anything about. And that's why I'm talking about it today because I think that in the future, NRCS is going to be the gateway to ensuring that most of Americans understand that the Department of Agriculture does a lot more than just produce food. Actually, the Department of Agriculture doesn't produce any food. Agricultural interests across America produce the food, but it comes through the United States Department of Agriculture from the point of view of helping to create trade routes, from the point of view of food safety. Uh, the USDA is the largest deliverer of uh, assistance programs on nutrition in the country. Natural Resource Conservation Service is under the USDA. And I felt that as we move into the summer months when we like to grab books and send them to big shade, tree, shade shade trees, or maybe we go boating and we go fishing and we go hiking and we go biking and we get outdoors, when you're outdoors and you're driving by or biking or walking by a farm field, chances are the natural resource conservation service is working with that landowner to make their land more sustainable for the betterment of society. And they don't fly their flag. We don't know much about it, but there is a federal agency. And, you know, I love to poke fun at federal agencies on this show and, and have for years. And I'll get to the Corps of engineers, maybe in a few minutes um, but they're also doing some phenomenal work uh, now on the, uh, down in the Gulf of Mexico. But the Natural Resource Conservation Service has been a leader in making it possible for landowners on a voluntary basis to do good things on their land. And why would a landowner give up the production of corn or soybeans or alfalfa or cotton or wheat to do good things on their land? First of all, most farmers... Know that their land is what they have, and if if it blow if the land blows from Colorado to Pennsylvania, they don't have much. But moreover, we, the taxpayers of the United States, provide incentives to do good things on the land. This has been going on for 80 years, but in particular, we talk a lot about the Conservation Reserve Program, probably the most successful program at bringing about our purification of our water, lowering nitrogen loads, stopping soil runoff and certainly enhancing the ability of wildlife to live on the landscape. Very successful program. We had uh, the Wetland Reserve Program, now part of this, this larger program, CSP. Um, easy program for me to remember because those are my initials. But um, it's a program that says landowners can do long-term, really important work on their lands to protect wetlands, recreate wetlands, enhance wetlands and so as we spend the summer outdoors we think of ducks unlimited we think of many conservation organizations nature conservancy that are doing great work the nrcs is really at the lead and and going forward as we try to address we try to mitigate the impacts of of whatever may be happening with our climate whether it's more extreme storms more extreme weather um, it's likely that the work done by nrcs will be a leader in enabling us to continue to produce, be the breadbasket of the world, but also to do so in a a way that uh, soil quality is maintained, and perhaps most importantly, NRCS could have a big role in helping to reduce the nitrogen loads in our rivers, and it could have a big role in helping to moderate excessive flooding uh, as we may move into a period where we have more extreme weather events. And even if we don't, even if you say don't go near the third rail of of, of climate change uh, discussion, I'm simply going to offer that the NRCS is developing techniques that will help landowners across America manage their property better. So with that note, there is a government agency that is highly effective and I think has a great future as it particularly moves more into the mainstream of helping landowners on a much bigger scale and alongside the natural resource conservation service there's the national association of conservation districts which michael crowder led for a period of years and he's just stepped down as their as their president and that too is a volunteer-based organization working across the landscape in america so when you see these ads and and, and attacks on american agriculture that that now are seem to be ever increasing increasingly and this move to organic foods, which, which I'm all for, but on the other hand, organic foods cannot possibly sustain America's or the world's population. Agriculture does a lot of good for the world. And the Natural Resource Conservation Service and the National Association of Conservation Districts are at the heart of that. So if you want to learn more, get involved. Go find out what the National Association of Conservation Districts is doing. And if you're in agriculture this morning and you're listening, Uh, You're probably nodding your heads to a certain extent, but if you're not familiar with working with NRCS, it'd be a great thing to do. They can help you, and they can help society make America a better place to live. I'll be back in just a moment with much more on The Great Outdoors Show, and when I do, I'm going to start off with a story about Yellowstone Park. And you honestly, you can't believe that some individuals could really think that putting a, a calf elk in their car, and transporting it to the hospital would be a good idea. But I'm going to tell you about that. Somebody did. Thanks for listening. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago in America 720 WGN. And now a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers.
0: When sun rises, your alarm clock, life is different. You eat a ditch for breakfast. Love the smell of diesel in the morning with a hot cup of Joe. The weather report is 40% chance of mud. And corporate pull, that's 36,000 pounds of towing capacity with a gooseneck trailer. Mudden is PTO. You know sometimes when the paved road ends, the fun begins. Chevy Silverado 3500 HD is waiting to run over something, anything. No road, no problem, because the best way out is always through. A trouble rides a swift horse, and you don't want trouble pulling a backhoe loader. Chevy Silverado HD is a wake-up call. Now, during Chevy truck season, get a $1,000 accessory allowance toward the purchase of a new truck with accessories. You worked hard for your money. Spend it smart. So see your Chicago Land and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer today or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for all the details. Chevy Silverado HD. Power up and experience life in HD.
1: It's Charlie Potter and the great outdoors on Chicago's very own 720
0: WGN.
1: Welcome back to The Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. I'm going to leave the good work of the Natural Resource Conservation Service and sort of their sister agency. They're not an agency, but the National Association of Conservation Districts. And I'm going to talk about something that, well, it's Father's Day, so I hope the dads didn't do this. Yellowstone urges visitors to protect wildlife after tourists put baby elk in their car. I am not making this up. I used to live in Montana, as many of you know. I spent a lot of time in the West, and I've spent a great deal of time in Yellowstone. And I I have seen some of the stupidest things humanity could do in a national park. But this one might top it. I've been in Yellowstone Park when I have watched buffalo standing in the middle of the road and individuals. They get out of their cars with their cameras and literally walk up to a buffalo. Now, you can't. If if people are going to do stupid things, you really can't make it so that I guess they're not going to do stupid things. But when it comes to common sense, you sure would hope that we have some common sense. I I watched once the most dangerous animal in the wild in America is a moose, a cow moose. They're unpredictable. And a cow moose with a calf is, is virtually the same as a grizzly bear with a cub. You don't go near them yet. Yeah, I was fishing once at Slough Creek, and a cow moose with a calf sauntered across the prairie and came down to Slough Creek. And back in Yellowstone, I was in the second meadow, Yellowstone National Park, and my first reaction was, "Give them their room. This is I'm here for the day. They live here every day." Somebody downstream put their fishing rod down <laughs> and walked towards the cow moose to t- get a better picture. They're lucky they're still standing. So Yellowstone Park has taken it upon themselves to urge visitors to use common sense but if you don't have any common sense i'm not sure how you can urge someone to have common sense so how about lack of common sense when a visitor to the park found a newborn elk calf on the side of the road the cow elk was nearby they got out of their car they put this newborn calf in the back seat of their car and they brought it to the west yellowstone Police Department. Can you imagine? It would be like here in Illinois, Wisconsin. You see a little fawn deer, except calf elk are a lot bigger than fawn deer. You see a little fawn deer on the side of the road with the doe next to it. And you get out of your car and separate the fawn from its mother and take it to the local police station and say, I found this on the side of the road. Can you help me?" That's exactly what happened in Yellowstone Park, except it was a, a calf elk. So, That's probably about the stupidest thing I've actually heard of. So I read about somebody putting a bear cub in their car and also taking it to, this one, to an animal shelter. I I guess we have become so far removed from nature, and I've said for a long time, unfortunately for a lot of individuals, the closest they come to the outdoors is the potted plant in the foyer of their high-rise. That's a sad statement, and we know that in the inner cities, Around America, whether it's Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, Baltimore, L.A., you could go. You could just keep going. We know that there are individuals who have never seen grass. I was uh, at the Max McGraw Wildlife Foundation a number of years ago when a group of schoolchildren came out from the inner city of Chicago, and one of the young ladies, sixth grade class from the Melody School, got off the bus looked at the grass, got on her knees, pulled a blade of grass, smelt it, tasted it. And I realized that young lady had never seen grass in her life. She came from the concrete jungles of the inner city of Chicago, and this was the first time she had ever stepped on grass. And she picked up that blade of grass, and she did what all of us do with our greatest senses, sense, smell, and taste. So... If you go to Yellowstone Park, or for goodness sakes, if you go to Starved Rock State Park, doesn't matter where you go, a little common sense goes a long way. Nature's animals are wild. We are we are not their caretaker. Uh, when you see young animals, leave them alone. Chances are that their mother is not too far away. And for goodness sakes, don't put a calf elk in the back of your car and take it to the police station. Moving on, I'm going to talk for a moment about BLM, Bureau of Land Management, and TRCP, Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, and the time I have left. The Bureau of Land Management is coming out with some recommendations for how to manage the tens of millions of acres of public lands they have in the West. The Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership is urging individuals to comment on this. And, and I would offer scratch a little below the surface. The transformation taking place at the Bureau of Land Management may actually not be good for the long-term health of wildlife and our environment. I've spoken about this a little bit before, and I will again in the future. But just because an agency says it wants to do better things, in this case, the Bureau of Land Management for soil and water management and for, for cattle management, you need to look a little deeper and understand what those better things are. Does it mean we're going to lock the gate and keep cattle out of millions of acres of land that they historically used and that the buffalo used before them? And if there's nothing on those lands, what's going to happen to those lands? Are they just going to become tinderboxes for wildfires? Are we doing this because a couple of hunters, all of which I'm for, might use those lands in the fall and, and magically expect that now there'll be more wildlife on those lands because there were fewer cattle? or sheep? Those are the kind of questions that we need to ask, and it's hard in a press release to understand where this directionally is going, but I would offer that we need to be cautious before we make rapid changes in how we're managing our lands of the American West under the Bureau of Land Management. Ranchers and farmers have been pretty good stewards of those lands, and individuals who may live in a high rise in Washington in New York City, or maybe they live in, who knows, suburban Virginia, They likely have not been stewards of those lands, and they don't understand the complexity of managing those lands. Well-intentioned as it might be, it's hard to bring about, and maybe sometimes we shouldn't bring about, seismic change without really understanding the consequences on the other side. And I would offer that a lot fewer cattle in the American West on public lands will lead to potentially a lot more fires, which is something, and an invasive species, which is something we sure don't want to have. Thank you so much for listening to The Great Outdoors Show. Hope you'll be back with me next Sunday morning. We'll have much more on The Great Outdoors. And happy Father's Day to all you dads. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago in America, 720 WGN.